When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Terraform Development proudly supports the Hopi tribe and nonprofit Hopi entities to provide essential technical support in engineering, architectural, and project management services. Eddie Kalnimtua can relate to the hard work on the Hopi reservation, including the cornfield duties and traditional ceremonies that he was raised on. He values this tradition, so Terraform Development was formed to meet these needs on the Hopi reservation. Contact Terraform Development at T E R R A, the number 4 O R M. Dot com and follow them on Instagram at Terraform Development. Also sponsored by... Hey, you all. This is Carl from Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. If you are listening to us from the Anchor website or the Anchor app, let me tell you about it. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, there's even an option where you can add Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you create. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead and download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Carl and J-Man out the Taivas today. No happy the five star five diamond chef J-Man. But inumum equatsi nasta stars. Ahima diamonds. Carl. Lolma, lolma, go quiet. No me, I'm a tamumi beauty. The Kaiwas to time. And so just uh, switching up the introduction there a little bit, uh, a little bit of a, uh, I don't know how you would call it, a uh, Hopi, Hopi Glish, Hopi Glish, Hopi in English. Hopi, yeah, Hopi, Hopi, Hopi thing. Hopi. <laughs> <laughs> and but then, and I, I think we'll talk about why the introduction <laughs> was a little bit different in terms of the topic of today's episode. But we're back. We're back. All five. right. Exactly. Congratulations for making it this far with us. If you haven't been uh, following the episodes, go back to season one and start from there because you missed out on a whole lot. You missed out on a riot. I think that we started out the podcast um, very well back in 2020. And I think in a few days, it's uh, going to be our birthday. Yeah, as a podcast. exactly. So we are, we, we released this today on Wednesday and in two days, uh, Friday is actually going to be our one uh, year anniversary. So what day is that on Friday? 
Uh, that would be the 19th, I believe. <laughs> 21st. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> May, May 21st. Close, Carl, in, close the enough. The CJ podcast brand will be turning one year old. <laughs> exactly. So give us, uh, you know, a shout out. Give us a warm welcome to do that. And, uh, you know, we, we, we love that we made it this far without any... Any sort of uh, without any real uh, cancel culture type, w- without issues. anybody uh, telling us that we're talking about wrong things, and <laughs> and you know I do think that it is pretty remarkable because out here in Hopi, if you're familiar with the Hopi communities, that that does happen often. It does. When, it does. When somebody happen. gets on any type of platform or pedestal and you know discusses whether Hopi history, Hopi culture, Hopi religion, anything pertaining to the Hopi. Uh, People usually that there's somebody out there. Oh, that's wrong. And maybe you know people have been saying that about us. But you know, from oh, yeah. the comforts of their own home, didn't bring it to social media, didn't give us uh, any type of uh, stress or uh, anxiety issues. So we thank you for that. And um, but definitely starting off season five with the bang, like to do some quick shout outs. All right, go ahead and do some quick shout outs there. Like to do some quick shout outs for some special individuals who helped to keep the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast continuing. Big shout outs to our sponsors, Terraform Development. Shout out to Justin Villarreal for re-upping up with us again for season five. And definitely would like to give a big shout out to our 30-pack contributors those that donate to us monthly to keep the party going. And definitely we're going to take some pictures around the studio, some of the new equipment that we got. And then uh, we'll post that online. That way you can see what your dollar has gone towards. And so big shout out to Alexis Kehi, Harrison, HB Billigodi, Michaela Williams, Deidre Leslie, Rachel Reinhardt, DV Fred is uh, a new donor. All right. Uh, Noel Oyahoma, Joyce Hamilton, Jairus Billigodi is also another new donor. Donovan Goldtooth, who All was actually right. on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Featured in one of our episodes. Our boy, Millard Kawanyama, Gary Lomayesva, and Michelle Holden. Big applause. To all of those individuals out there, big help to the CJ podcast band. Yeah, you actually had to write that on two pages worth because <laughs> it was a lot of names. I'm on surprised there. I was able to keep my breath doing that. <laughs> and a huge shout out to Peace Academy here for housing CJ podcast studios here in the lovely downtown Kikotsmovi, Arizona. And big shout out to Anchor, who I believe is actually giving us money. Yeah, Anchor is this now, season who yeah. they haven't done. Uh, Given us a, a sense since season one, but I, I guess we've fallen <laughs> back into their good graces. So, you know, big shout out. Thank you for big that. Big shout out to them. And then, um, but you know, one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about before we kind of get into the gist of what the main topic of today's episode is, is that I think that a theme, at least for the first half of this season, is going to kind of be us going back to our roots. Oh, yeah. Talking a little bit more about Hopi culture. A little bit more about the Hopi language, about the Hopi religion, definitely the perspectives of what a Hopi who was born and raised here on the reservation kind of has in terms of um, whether that's the the immediate world and the reservation world of which we live in or, you know, kind of the outside world. And it kind of made me laugh because, you know, a lot of the topics that we developed for this season, a lot of those ideas were kind of brought up from the show that we did with KTNN. Oh, yeah. 
exactly. I mean, if you haven't listened to KTNN, I think they do put their podcast on, uh, what was the native, native something? Native conference voices yeah. or something along those lines. And so we are on that. So but I guess we should figure it out if we're on that, <laughs> what the name of that, what that program is. Right. But, you know, it kind of made me laugh because it was like, leave it to the, uh, to the, Na- the Navajo radio station for us to start thinking about uh, more of these uh, Hopi ideas that we could talk about <laughs> on the podcast. So we're actually the ones giving away the cookie recipe on KTNN. <laughs> so tune in. So tune in on there on KTNN. Uh, what was there? Because uh, uh, chocolate chips go in uh, Hopi cookies, <laughs> don't they? Exactly. I think more sugar, just throw in sugar till you figure out that there's no more left. I, I like to put salt in my recipes. So <laughs> kind of a salty guy. <laughs> So yeah, go listen to KTNN. We're we're going to be on there for quite a bit. So, and uh, it's a great way for KUII to step up their game. <laughs> Just so you know, KUII, Carl is real hurt that uh, you all haven't stepped forward yet to exactly. give us a platform. That uh, the, the Navajo radio station loves us more than uh, the, the local radio station here at home. Yeah, exactly. So you know, uh, KUII, just DM us. Slide, slide, slide into, into the DMs. Slide into the DMs. Slide into the DMs. But, you know, that was kind of some of the things that I wanted to cover. But I guess getting in today's episode, today we're going to be talking about language. But I guess specifically in a way, uh, Hopi Lavai. Hopi Lavai. I mean, like the, the whole subject of Hopi Lavai, everybody's weird about this whole subject. <laughs> I mean, the schools are weirded out about it. You know, homes are weirded about it. You know, and I, I kind of think what we're kind of weirded about it as well, too. It's kind of this huge topic, right? Because uh, language is something that's kind of a huge topic in terms of, I guess, uh, Indian country in general. Because I think that the unfortunate reality is that a lot of our native languages, our indigenous languages, Hopi definitely included with it is on the decline. Oh, yeah. Meaning that there are less... Uh, speakers out there that are yeah. speaking the language, keeping the languages healthy. And unfortunately for some tribes that they've completely lost their language entirely. Exactly. There are a lot of tribes out there that are striving to to find their native language through texts, through different recordings that the U.S. government had done in the past. And it's very, very, you know, heartbreaking to see a lot of Native Americans out there, especially like the Plains Indians, uh, Northwest, Northeast, you know, all of these different uh, Native Americans out there that have lost their language. Definitely. And um, so I guess, you know, me posing this question to you, why is language so important? I guess you could say it, it, Enties our culture together. It enties everything. It ties up like it's it's the glue that bonds both culture and a person together. But we speak English. We can understand each other with English, and that's the reason why most of the Tsukus in uh, most Hopi dances these days speak English anyway. And that's the reason why Soul loves Walmart so much. It's because she's glued the English language to Walmart and Target. So that's the reason why a lot of, you know, natives love to do that. (laughs) So I guess, you know, at least with your first argument that, you know, language, I guess, in a way uh, is intertwined with our ideas 
of what our identities are, right? Yeah, exactly. And so I think that, you know, without knowing a whole lot about an individual, especially people, you know, the millions and millions of billions of people out there in the world that uh, based upon the languages that they speak, that's something that you would automatically judge them as to what culture that they're tied to. Oh, yeah. And so you go out, you see a brown person speaking Spanish, you automatically assume that they're Mexican. You see a white guy out there speaking English, you automatically assume that they're American. Um, but then when you see us uh, kind of brown slash white looking people out there <laughs> speaking English and you kind of, you know, kind of little puzzled is in terms of uh, what culture that they belong to. We're just the burnt side of the white bread. So <laughs> <laughs> and but I, I definitely think that a lot of people do make the argument that language is tied to a person's identity. Yeah. But unfortunately, because a lot of our people, natives, Hopis, other indigenous folks, that the fact that the, tr the language is starting to dissipate, that, you know, does that have an effect on a person's identity? Exactly. I mean, like with, with you and me, our generation has, it, it is sort of fluent in Hopi and is striving to keep that way, I guess you could say, in, in our native language. I mean, we talk together like in like just normal conversation in Hopi pretty much. Yeah, I call you Kwasinos. Uh, <laughs> I call you Nastasikwi uh, guy. <laughs> And I just retaliate, you know what, in, in English, I, you know what, talk to the hand. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I do think that at least in terms of language, and you kind of mentioned this too, that you said that it was the glue that holds, um, I guess, our culture together in oh, a yeah. way, or that, you know, it, it kind of holds our perceptions of what the makeup of who we are as people together. Because then definitely I remember, I know that, you know, growing up as a kid, and then you kind of get these Hopi lessons. You know, oh, yeah. You get these Hopi yeah. lessons that are taught, taught to you by whether that's your parents or your grandparents, your tahas or your other mothers or sometimes even your gas and your fathers from, from your father's side of the family that oftentimes these lessons were taught in Hopi. Yeah. But then if you were to transcribe those lessons into English, that maybe the meaning isn't as powerful oh, yeah. or isn't as impactful. Because to describe something in Hopi and then to try to describe that same thing in the process of the way that you describe it, 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 it changes. Yeah. And then so like for, for example, right, you think about uh, you think about like the, our religious practices, some of the things within our religious practices. When you hear somebody say something like Pashimu yeah. or Bumpi Pashimu, which I guess would translate to almost in a way sacred. But then even then that it doesn't necessarily really mean just sacred. Yeah. It almost a, means more than that. So it, it just basically like uh, what Bashimu means, it like it's really something special. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I guess that's what, what Bashimu means. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of an example where when you hear something spoken in your own language, how it really shapes your perception of what it is that's being described when you're being told something in Hopi versus being told something in English. And, you know, I think that also, too, a kind of a, the idea for the genesis of this episode for me kind of came from when we did our bonus episode last season for um, uh, for, for our audience was able to chime in and give us questions. Oh, to yeah. Ask, and we yeah. had that language episode. And um, and I we talked a little bit about how we were able to acquire the language. 
And then I think that you said that you were able to acquire the language because So and Kwa mostly spoke Hopi. Yeah, yeah. And we still do that. I still talk Hopi to So and Kwa and we conversate like that. But then, you know, you, you kind of bring in that English version of yourself the the uh, hoglish the hoglish <laughs> English yeah yeah exactly we'll, the, we'll come up with the term the hop hoplicklish because <laughs> <laughs> you know like how they have spanglish spanglish you know, the uh, hoplicklish we'll have to conceive what the the Hopi version of that uh, is hoglish hoglish <laughs> all you hoglish people out there <laughs> so yeah I mean like the way that I learned was through so and qua and we still do that on a daily basis we still do that. And it's not because we want to preserve the culture. We want to preserve the, the language. It's because that is who we are. We identify as who who we are, as as them. You know, Seoul grew up Hopi. Kwa grew up Hopi. He grew up talking Hopi. Hopi and his second language was English. English. And so to conversate in his, in that native part there, it's just honoring who he is, honoring how he was brought up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I guess, you know, for us to talk a little bit specifically about like the Hopi language, yeah. I guess the Hopi language for those that might be wanting to learn that we did specify on a previous episode that there are three dialects of the Hopi language spoken here on the reservation. Yeah, I guess you could say, yeah. And so in according, at least according to the, the Hopi Lavai Detivini, which is the, the Hopi dictionary, yeah. that, you know, that there is a difference between the first Mesa and how Hopi spoken there, and then the difference between second Mesa, how it's spoken there, and then third Mesa. And so wh- what do you think those differences are? I think it's because, like, you know, they... I don't know. I'm not too sure where that, you know, that that, that dialect part what, what came the, where, up with. Where the specifics yeah. are. Well, you know, one thing that I do see on social media is that I noticed that when um, First Mesa women, yeah. when they say uh, Asquali, that they don't say it with the A sound. They say it with the, the E sound. Yeah, and exactly. So be like Esquali. Yeah, Esquali. And so I guess that's kind of... Um, uh, a form of that dialect change when it's done in first mesa and then of course we document it quite extensively that the second mesa is that they used the the f f sound like you know f f you guys you know <laughs> f those effers up there and so like i guess an uh, example would be um like 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 yep eh. what yeah. does what does yep eh mean like uh, right here, right or here, right here, or right now, right. yeah. And then, what? what how would a, a second Mesa person say "yep eh"? Like "yef eh," <laughs> <laughs> "yef eh," you yefers. <laughs> and then, and then the the third Mesa, I I don't know what like like what the significant change in in how we speak. Although I do hear people out here say that third Mesas. That we speak slower. Yeah. That we, we speak a lot sp- slower in comparison to how other Hopi speakers speak. But uh, there's another difference too. And that I think that, and I, I would make the argument that this is a third Mesa thing. I've heard a lot of people say that it's just a Munkup thing. But if you watch Titsqua Ikatsi, which took place in Hotvela, <laughs> then, you know, that's kind of my evidence that this isn't just a Munkup thing, but uh, rolling the R's. Rolling the R's. Like uh, Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and so, um, how do you say run in Hopi? Run. <laughs> run. Rodrigo. <laughs> Is that pretty much how third base says there are? <laughs> run, Rodrigo. 
Randy to Say stores. Store. Store. It's like uh, Robert, go run to the store. <laughs> well, thanks for putting a big torpedo on this uh, episode and sinking the whole ship. <laughs> But that, that that would be the third base example is that because I, I think some people out here would say uh, waji, right? Yeah. Is that how you say it? Yeah, waji, so like, waji? yeah, like second mesa would say waji. Mm-hmm. Like waji. How do first mesa say waji? I think they say this almost the same way too. How do yeah. Navajo say waji? Like Rodrigo. <laughs> I don't know how the Navajos would say. But, uh, but us, we say uh, wadi. Yeah, like wadi. 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 Or... Uh, or, or look, or, or did you did you did you, did you see that guy on but uh, Yori? Yeah, like Yori, 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 Yori. That should be somebody's like, name, uh, Yori. Yeah. Hey, what's up, Yori? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you know those are kind of uh, some of the some of the differences in terms, some small differences in terms of the uh, how the language is spoken between the three different mesas. But I think that if you're a linguist, ling, a linguist, yeah, and, linguist, you know, somebody yeah. that's, that studies the language and kind of learns a little bit more of the sounds, that there are probably a lot more differences in terms of how some of the words that we speak, how we pronounce them based on the sounds coming from our mouth. Like, for example, something that I just very learned recently is uh, the word dog in Hopi. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that a lot of people just simply say, uh, Poco. Poco. Yeah. Poco. Then the Songopavis and Sepalavis, uh, Masangnavs. Yeah. Say Pofko. Pofko. Yeah. Pofko. But then, you know, on uh, for us, uh, Orayip descendant people you know, people that come from the village of Oraivi that it's a poco into where you actually have a falling O sound okay and then so you know that's just kind of an additional sound that we make when we say poco but I guess this guy that was telling me he was saying that in terms of the linguistic world that there are ways that they can identify from where the heritage language developed yeah and so he was saying that might be the argument in terms of who came first. Really? Team Oraivi. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kiona, Hopi Relief volunteer and board member. Hopi Relief is a grassroots Hopi-led nonprofit organization founded to provide relief services, food boxes, and essential supplies to Hopi tribal members throughout the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. Our focus is to uplift the Hopi community by empowering our people to create homegrown solutions to challenges we face. We are supported by the generosity of like-minded individuals and organizations who simply want to help. You can get involved by following us on social media, sharing our story, or donating on our website, www.hopirelief.org. We are at Hopi Relief on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But, you know, those are just kind of some of the differences. But I guess, you know, um, carrying the conversation forward, I guess, you know, in terms of, you know, us being Hopi guys. Yeah, yeah. Growing up and living on the Hopi reservation. Why is the Hopi language important? Why, why would you say it's important to you? Like, you know, the, the importance of Hopi language goes back thousands and thousands of centuries. It's because I guess. I don't think the world's that old, Carl. The world's really old. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's because the I get when you listen to the migration stories and when you listen to like the the Hopi stories and it, it states in there that Gokyang Sowuti created who's that you know the Spider Woman 
you know. Just, oh, that uh, Navajo guy? Yeah, the changing woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, you know, where she created the, the languages for everybody. She created the, the moon and the stars and she created the worlds alike. She brought us, you know, to a, a different place every time. And when we got up to the third world or the fourth world, if you wanted to be uh, wherever your stories are at, you know, we, we came into a place called, or we, we came onto a, a person's land uh-huh. or a deity's land uh-huh. called Masao. Okay. And there he taught us that this is my, this is my land here. And this is where you're going to, if you want to live here, I, I only live in a simple life with uh, my soya, uh-huh. you know, my seeds. and With, with, with the original iPod, not with, this uh, highly developed. <laughs> my, uh, my Zune. <laughs> <laughs> my Zune. And, uh, you know, he said that if you want to live like me, then you have to take on what my responsibilities are here. And so with that, you know, given to that, they, you know, the Hopi people agreed. And in some stories, you'll say you can you you'll hear that Ma Sao's real name is Hopi. Oh, really? Yeah. And this was taught by Kwa himself, where you know um, uh, he said that Ma Sao was the one to give us our name, and we are in honor of him because we we actually never really had identity we never really had a real identity mm-hmm. until we found out that this was our true destiny to become stewards of the land to become uh land takers here in this desolate uh, you know mesa here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i guess that's where the language started to come about and all of those different little cultures or different little uh you know uh societies started to be born with that and so I guess that's what you say in, in a way that, yes, language itself is very, very important to Hopi people. Am I, am I in that right section? I think I got off subject there I, a little I, bit. I like how you like to uh, <laughs> cir- circle the whole uh, park before you go straight to uh, the point. But, um, I mean, I guess for me, you know, I, I do agree with a lot of people out there conversationally talking about this topic, that our language is important yeah. because it is our identity. Yeah. It, it is who makes uh, a Hopi person a Hopi to a degree. You know what I mean? I think that there's history within our language. I think that there's uh, knowledge. I think that there's um, all kinds of other things that's intertwined with our, our language, even power. Like I would oh, make yeah. the argument that, you know, there is power in our language because then like when you look at our ceremonies that all of our songs that we sing are in Hopi. Yeah. That the clouds come because they hear our songs sung in Hopi. That other, you know, phenomen- phenomena things, phenomenal things happen as a result of our religious practices because they're done in the Hopi language. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you really look at it and when you really, really, it, it, I guess you could say it goes back to the same saying. It's like, yes, it is the glue that holds us together. It is the glue that it's actually the binder that makes up this culture here on the Hopi Reservation. It makes us who we are and what we believe in. A lot stronger that way. And so I guess think about um, think about your childhood and then, you know, thinking about what some of the old people 
what some of their lessons were in terms of the language. Like, for example, like yeah. my soul, she would always stress. And I think that, you know, any Hopi person out there, especially if you've um, grow up, you know, in the on the reservation to a degree, whether yeah. it was, you know, only in the summertime, maybe you lived out here or you only came on the weekends, but you always heard it. You always heard this phrase, yeah. which means you guys better, oh, better start, start learning speaking, yeah. speaking Hopi. And so that was something that my soul would preach to us often. And she would always say that you guys need to start speaking Hopi. Yeah. And I think it was really her generation's perspective and even, you know, still some younger generations from that to a degree that believe that a Hopi person speaks Hopi. Yeah. That it's almost like you're not Hopi if you don't speak Hopi. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, uh, you know, I have my CIB card, you know, my... Uh, that one that you get from the tribe. Yeah. You know, it says that I'm Hopi yeah. on there. And I got my uh, bully pictures on Facebook <laughs> that says that I'm Hopi. And then when you don't know how to speak Hopi, but yet you still understand the whole idea of, of that language, are you still considered Hopi in that in that terms there? And I think that, you know, that's kind of a conversation that our generation is to have, especially when we see the projection of where our language is going. And, yeah. you know, whether that's something that is going to be revitalized, if we're going to make steps towards bringing that back. But those were some things that I would often hear from her. And then I think that even as we got initiated into the, the adult societies yeah. and started participating in the religion, that you would hear that from the men in the Kiva, which is in reference to if you're going to participate, we do things in our language. That uh, the dancers are only going to talk and speak in the language. The singers are only going to sing in the language. And then even when you get even a little bit deeper in terms of Katsinam, that I've always been told that in Katsinam, the Kachinas, that they only understand Hopi. Yeah. And yeah. So, you know, and then that, that kind of really makes you think when you're a young person, because then I guess... Thinking back on my younger years that I did struggle with the language, that I probably am a little bit a better of a speaker today. And I think simply because that I'm older now, but then thinking back on those younger years that I didn't speak it as good. Yeah. I mean, like the, the very first when you're when you're learning a new language, I guess you could say, is that it always starts out making fun of each other and you always learn the bad, bad words first. What does uh, yomimita mean? Yomimita. Or yomi. Yomi. Let's see. That's, uh, uh, I, let's I, see. I don't expect you to know this card. Moving forward. Oh, that one there. Yeah, that's why. Moving forward. Pelvic woo. <laughs> Pelvic woo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you could say. I, I tease Carl because that's a phrase that's usually said in a sexual manner. <laughs> but because Carl's still the 40-year-old Hopi virgin, virgin, I didn't expect him to know that. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, the, the whole idea between... Carl's face is red right now, for those of y'all that are wondering. <laughs> so the whole idea between, like, like, uh, like young generation learning the Hopi language and versus like older generation knowing the language. There's that huge gap. There's a huge, uh, there's a huge gap in why we as, as I guess you could say, uh, we're still a younger generation, right? So we can still kind of say that we're still part of that younger generation. 
we're still that younger generation, and so we can say things like lit. Yeah, and, and like what and I was I saying, like I, like what I was saying is that you know there is a huge gap between that and where like I guess the true Hopi language is kind of forgotten, and all of these different short short little uh, uh, words are forming in part of that. Like when you hear the older generation talk in in this in this ancient language, I guess you could say there's all of these alien foreign language, you know, words that are being pronounced that you've never really heard of, but yet they mean a different. Uh, they they mean the same thing as as you would say in in yeah. regular Hopi language today. Yeah, I I think that definitely these conversations are need to be had because I think that like the way that we grew up. Growing up living here on the reservation in the 80s and the 90s that, you know, we were, our, our mentalities were molded to think that you had to speak Hopi yeah. in order to believe that you were Hopi. But then, you know, sometimes and I think that you and I are fortunate because we grew up in a household full of speakers. Yeah. And that when we transitioned to other relatives homes, that those were households full of speakers. And so the language was available to us. But yet you have a whole nother group of people, our age even, whose parents didn't speak Hopi to them. Yeah. Or, you know, grandparents may not have spoken Hopi to them. And so you kind of mentioned it with that generational gap that you have this older generation of Hopi that speaks the language. But then yet you'll go down several generations to this new generation of Hopi that are trying to be Hopi, but yet they're not hearing the language being spoken into their ear. And so for folks like that, if they're not given the real opportunity to learn Hopi, then how can they be Hopi if they're not given this opportunity to be taught the language? Uh, well, one one theory is that, you know, the boarding school days, you know, where, where like uh, children, Hopi children were taken from the, the villages, the different villages, and placed in boarding schools at the edge of the mesas or at the edge of the property of uh, the reservations. And they were taught to not speak their language. They were taught not to do anything that had to do with their culture, their, their identity. And they were stripped of that. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's where one part of it, like not learning Hopi, came about and that's where uh, a lot of that is still going on today it's that what that historical trauma is still uh, relevant because of that so i guess you could say that those are a couple of ideas as to why we all don't speak hopi today yeah right? because you know that was kind of always an interesting concept because then like when you think about the hopi reservation right like we're miles from any type of like real Bahana community. Yeah, yeah. Like the closest, I mean, you could argue like Winslow or Flagstaff, maybe even like Gallup or Holbrook, but they're not close in vicinity to the reservation to the point where you could make that argument that assimilation is a real reason why we don't speak the language today. It's like, I feel like that where our reservation is situated, that all of the... um the advantages for us to speak our language, still be speaking our languages, are there. Yeah. But for some reason, we all don't speak Hopi. Exactly. I mean, it's weird because we have that opportunity. We have all of the, the uh, you know, the old people. We have the knowledge to to want to learn the Hopi language. We have all of that. You know, the language is not gone yet. And but yet we are slowly killing it. We are slowly trying to get rid of it. 
ourselves because we don't speak Hopi on a daily basis. And I think that some of the arguments that you kind of brought up are pretty valid in terms of like, especially what you said in how we speak Hopi today. Because I always make the argument that it's difficult in, in this day and age today yeah. to learn Hopi properly because our speakers are starting to speak Hopi in a way, like you said, that they'll shorten words or the, they'll speak Hopi in a way to where it's accommodating to the white man's, um, to the white man's language to a degree. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. And plus because of the assimilation that we all gone through and plus the, you know, the, well, I guess remember what we were saying is that we're not assimilated just yet. We still hold on to our culture. We're just half assimilated. We're half assimilated. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess you could say you could make that argument is that, yeah, we, we are half assimilated, but we still hold on to that, that culture and that language, but yet we still want to do Netflix and we still want mm-hmm, to go mm-hmm. to the movies and go to the mall and buy Nikes and stuff. Go to the bars. <laughs> Drink that a uh, double shot of whiskey and uh, dance at the honky tonk. <laughs> but I guess I guess what I was trying to say is that I think that speakers today, and you really hear it. I mean, at least I, in terms of my experiences, that I've really heard it is that the speakers today cater the language to uh, common uh, English phrases, yeah, instead of yeah. using like a proper term to say something. For those of us that might be listening and trying to learn to speak the language, because like for example. Down in the Kiva, when somebody presents a new song, yeah. you know, the, the, they'll, they'll sing the song and then when it's time to, okay, let's try it. Like there might actually be a word for like, you know, let, let's, let's, let's try this new song. Yeah. Out. But then you'll say, what you know, like, or what it can, which is, which means uh, run it, yeah. you know, run it, which is, which is uh, conforming to an English phrase. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's weird because we use different terms that mean different meanings, but yet we we know what it means because we've been using it for so long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, so what are, what other barriers do you think that are out there for folks that are unable to learn the language? You know, one thing, too, is that we have a lot we you know, out here, people just don't like people. we hate each other to the point where we wish that other person never existed and what where where i'm going with this is that yes we do do that we do carl's exaggerating (laughs) a little bit (laughs) and we do that to the point where we just don't want to talk to that person we just don't want to conversate with that and when when that happens we lose that part of that culture there. We lose that part of like, uh, like how we're supposed to present ourselves in that Hopi way, like, uh, like Lomata Lungva or Loma, you know, all of these different words that are lost because of that. And we're losing our, our sense of reality towards each other. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, our language starts to go as yeah. well too. If we're not communicating with each other. Yeah. How do you say hello in Hopi? Um, hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. 
<laughs> but no, I, I think that you're, you're on the right track. And, you know, I, I've had kind of, you know, this conversation with friends before. Yeah. And, you know, I think most recently I had this conversation with my nephew that unfortunately, especially for people like us in our generation that grew up like maybe in the, the 80s, the 90s or even the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. It's that sometimes I do feel like that the older generation makes us feel like it's our fault that we don't speak Hopi. Or they make it feel like it's our fault that we're losing our culture. But yet, when you think about like assimilation, when you think about culture decline, when you think about language decline, that a lot of that, the motions for that to happen started long before we were born. Oh, yeah. And like you mentioned, the boarding school era, which happened, you know, as early as the 20s. Yeah. 30s and the 40s where our people were being discouraged to speak their language and so the occurrences for our culture and language decline was happening generations before we were even born but yet when you think about your upbringing when you think about growing up in the villages and you're always being preached or like you mentioned yeah. before that your taha would tease you guys and say that you guys were just really uh, little pahana kids yeah. in, in brown skin. And so I think that when you're treated like that for your entire life, that you do feel like that you have a risk, that it was your responsibility as to the reason why the language and the culture is declining. But yet that actual, the actuality of it is that that's not really the case. No, no, exactly. I mean, you're not born... Uh, with this language here. You're not born with the culture. It has to be acquired. It has to be acquired through that. And so I know, you, you know, we're, even though if we were born, if I was born like to a Bahana family, but, uh, you know, and I was brown skin and never knew what that culture was, although my blood is Hopi and, and they never taught me anything like that. You'll, you'll never learn the language. Yeah, I'll never learn the language. And, um, and you know, I, I, I think the realization, at least in terms of this idea that I'm presenting, it comes from being a parent. You know, it comes from my kids. Yeah. I always think about, you know, my son, we, we have a, he has a Nintendo Switch that he and his sister shares. And sometimes I get so frustrated when he just leaves it wherever, where somebody could step on yeah. it and damage yeah. it. And I get bad because it's a pretty expensive piece of uh, entertainment equipment. Yeah. And then sometimes I have to tell myself, well, he's only six years old that you know he has to be taught how to take care of his things he has to be educated onto where and how to take care of this and it's the same concept for our Hopi children they have to be taught how to speak Hopi they have to be taught the importances of our religions they have to be taught the importances of our culture and how to respect our culture that it's not something that's just gonna develop within them just because they were born to Hopi parents Exactly. I mean, even though, you know, souls will say, you know, it still goes back to that saying that, yes, we have to teach ourselves how to how to talk Hopi. Mm -hmm. I always tell people that anytime anyone says that to you, then you always respond, Yeah, like, well, you better talk Hopi to me, soul. And, and and so, you know, kind of talking about that, but um, I, I guess, you know, in terms of the future of, of the Hopi language, wh what are some ways do you think that we can start teaching Hopi? I mean, like there, yeah, of course there's schools on the Hopi reservation here that do teach Hopi as a curriculum. And I think that, I think now it is being part of a taught curriculum now that you have to 
learn Hopi, this Hopi language, in order to pass grade school or high school. And I guess that's where I guess that's where you can kind of um, battle that 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 language barrier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, like, well, what I what basically what I want you know think of is that language is always taught at home. Mm-hmm, language mm-hmm. and culture is taught at home, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and without that proper knowledge, you know, you might as well not be Hopi at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that there's there's probably a whole underlying discussion about what you just said in terms of why some of the older generation thinks that only the language and the culture should be taught at home. And we'll probably touch upon that stuff once we get into the other episodes. But, you know, I, I did forget that I did post this question to our Instagram. Oh, okay. Go and ahead. And so if you want to get some responses from our followers that follow us on Instagram. And so basically, you know, I post a question, um, what what does the Hopi forward slash indigenous languages mean to you? And then uh, somebody responded, I think us as teens and children need to step up and be responsible and learn it. Because, then, well, you know, and I guess that really only is um, applicable for a specific population, basically people that are living on the reservation. Yeah. Because if you're living yeah. in the middle of Alaska, who who are you going to find that, you know, is going to speak Hopi and be able to teach it to you? But definitely, if you're living here on the reservation, going out of your way to go Esso, how do you say this in Hopi? Or how, how would I go about learning Hopi? What's the sentence structure? How do I do... Uh, pronouns and nouns, yeah. etc. And then you know we kind of had this conversation too about it too. It's just uh, understanding that you're probably going to be laughed at. Oh yeah, and yeah. Developing that thick skin that if this is something that I really want for myself, then I'm going to undertake whatever um, teasing that comes my way as a result to be able to learn it. Exactly. I mean. And I mean, with any type of language that you're learning, it does take a lot of discipline and it does take a lot out of you just to learn some sort of thing. But without the culture itself, you might as well just not speak Hopi at all because Hopi is considered with the culture and the language itself. And without those two things, you won't have any type of Hopi Matiwa with with everything like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I think that there's a couple of also uh, some responses in terms of I wish the language was more accessible. Because I think that, you know, in a lot of our episodes, especially when we talk about our urban counterparts, yeah, that more yeah. of our people are living in the urban areas. And yeah. so like for those folks, like, because I always imagine that, you know, what if you were a young person living in Phoenix, but yet your parents didn't speak Hopi. Yeah. And yeah. then that's the only people that you have to conversate with in the language. Then what do you do about that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, like urban Indians love to come out here and play, uh, <laughs> play, tourist. play, play tourists for a while and, you know, hashtag Hopi life. And and they go back and then come they come out with their, uh, what were those jackets? The pea coats, the, the sailor pea coats. <laughs> You know, with their uh, Dracar perfume and uh, their uh, beautiful hair, you know. (laughs) And and so I guess you could say that, yes, language is something that um, is not a, it's not a, it's not a right. You know, it's, it's not a right to, to learn the language. It's, it's a given to where it's, it's, it's supposed to be accessible to anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, it's supposed to be something Mm -hmm. where if you know the culture and you want to understand more of Hopi, then you must learn the the language itself. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. if you just learn the language to just learn the language, 
you know, it's just speaking Spanish without going to go eat tacos at, you know, at the real restaurant. Well, you roll your R's pretty good. So uh, <laughs> here, here, here's another response. It says, uh, I wish more people stressed the importance of language and used it more often. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty valid point because then, uh, like I said before, as children, you know, we're always being preached that, you know, yeah. and then the person goes and starts speaking English to us. <laughs> I remember like, you know, in the Kivas, you know, they, you know, the elder men would, would speak to us in Hopi, you know, all these great, uh, you know, sentences and this, this great thing that overwhelms you and this great speech. And then he's like, you know, oh, I'm going to say this in English for all you non-Hopi speakers out there. (laughs) (laughs) And then it just kind of kills the vibes. (laughs) And then people start kind of chuckling under their breath. After some uh, real sacred words are being spoken. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that as as speakers, I, I do understand that it can be exhausting, right? Yeah. To, like speak Hopi to like maybe your children or to your nieces, your nephews, your grandchildren, especially when they can't understand you. Yeah. Because then I think that's a reason why a lot of the speakers don't speak Hopi to their children. Yeah, because that they can't understand what they're saying, that the process to go and actually teach them would take more time to be able to do. But then I guess if you truly appreciate and love the language and that isn't that something that we should be doing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we want to teach a young younger generation how to speak Hopi because it it solidifies that we're going to be here for a very, very long time. And when we and when we don't do it then it's just making sure that the end of the world for us Hopis is coming closer and closer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if anybody out there that does love to speak Hopi, go ahead and just talk to a child in Hopi, you know, speak to, you know, a child in Hopi, Mm -hmm, get mm -hmm. mad at them in Hopi, Mm -hmm. you know. And then if you're someone that's wanting to learn Hopi, it's just getting used to the practice of incorporating Hopi in your everyday language. Yeah, Yeah. You know, if they're just little words that you know. Yeah. Uh, And just start saying them in your everyday um, conversations with people. Yeah. You know, like I do with Rodrigo. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Well, I mean, it was a great conversation with that. I'm pretty sure there's more to it. And I'm pretty sure that we could... We could go on forever with this this whole language topic. But Definitely. I think that this could be another uh, potential two-parter down yeah, the way. Or yeah, even, yeah, you know, Maybe exactly. even get, you know, an additional speaker in the, in the uh, studio and have a conversation that way. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. So, so Carl, what does uh, namuru mean? Namuru. Uh, well, you know, there's, uh, um, there's two words to that. So uh, one is that, uh, like, to roll up. Uh-huh. And the other one is to uh you know black diamond uh condom pretty much so <laughs> yeah I, I think we have a different understanding of what that that word means oh exactly <laughs> so I definitely like to thank everybody thank uh, another uh thank you out there to all of our supporters our 30 pack sponsors big shout out to our uh season five sponsors yeah exactly and you know if you want to become a monthly sponsor please do go to anchor.fm slash cj podcast 85 to become our monthly donor or monthly sponsor and if you want to just donate something uh, out of the blue, like a dollar or more, go to buymeacoffee.com slash CJ podcast to donate anything you want. 
And also, too, in a couple of days, it's our birthday to all of the Tungam ladies out there, all the Tungam ladies, Tawangam, Kwangam. I like chocolate cake. <laughs> don't make from don't make some for him, just me. Carl has no sickies, so uh, he doesn't need any Kwanganova. Uh, <laughs> So if you are listening to uh, this on YouTube, go ahead and smash that like button, uh, you know, go ahead and uh, ring the bell and everything like that. Um, that like button. There you go. Make sure that it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. And then you can also follow us on our social media. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're at Carl and J-Man all across the board on Facebook instagram and twitter all right well thank you again thank you for listening to carl and j-man save the world podcast my name is carl and this is my best friend jamie <laughs>